Hi, my name is Christian. And I'm Jose. And this is Coffee Break, a podcast about all things coffee. Before we get started, I just want to remind everyone to visit our Instagram page at coffee.break.podcast. Or if you want to write us an email, you can email us at coffeebreaktexas at gmail.com. Today on Coffee Break, we're going to finish up the Beans for Beginners series by taking a look at a, a few smaller subjects that we would consider stragglers but are still important to the process, um, and one of which, surprisingly, will be water, which Jose will cover. Take it away, Jose. Yeah, so water. Um, water is one of the things that many people who, who, who are into coffee will tell you is very important uh, when you're trying to get a good cup of coffee. Um, so in this case, we're not going to go into all the details of, of what specifically needs needs to be done. I think if you're getting started, that may be a little bit too much. Uh, but I, I think the general rule of thumb is make sure that you put water that tastes good into your coffee. So, you know, uh, if you have filtered water over tap water, put the filtered water into your coffee. Uh, the tap water, you know, will, will have some extra pollutants and stuff like that that will probably not have a good effect on on the on the flavor of your coffee. Um, now, you know, we we all live in different regions and we get our water from different uh, sources. And in some cases, the the water will have some naturally occurring minerals, uh, and and that also ha- has an effect on on the water. Or for example, if if you have a water softener because you know you have too many minerals in your water that's messing up your plumbing that will also affect your the the, the flavor of your of your coffee uh, mm. so the idea here is really to to go with something that's as consistent as possible and something that that tastes good to you when you drink just the water by itself so if, if you have access to bottled water if you have a bottle of water that you like to drink or if you like to drink the water that that you filter at home, then you, it's probably a decent bet that is going to be good for your coffee. Now, there's there's more things that you can get into. You can probably make your own coffee water. There's there's all kinds of service providers. Third Wave Water is one of them. I'm actually testing them out right now where they actually send you like little satchels or little pouches of, of the minerals. And what you do is you buy distilled water, add that to the water, and that supposedly gives you the right ratio of minerals for coffee brewing. Um, but we'll, we'll probably leave that for a different episode where we'll actually try to take, do a blind test with different waters to see if we actually pick up different notes. And then we'll, we'll report back on that. So I, I think the jury's still out on that one. But in the meantime, just, uh, yeah, just use the best water you can find without really spending too much time or too much effort you know, f- sourcing something exotic or something too specialized. So that, that would be my my first piece of advice. Uh, the next one is grind sizes. What, what do you think, Christian? Yeah, this one's kind of tough. So if if you're relatively new uh, and you're doing some research um, on, on coffee and thinking about what kind of process, maybe it's one of the ones or one of the brewing methods that we've talked about already or you're looking into other ones, you'll, you'll see a fair amount of people talking about what grind size is best for each of these. And maybe they'll give you numbers, um, which aren't always going to be accurate, but they'll typically just describe them as coarse or fine or somewhere along those lines. It, I would say it really kind of depends, as we've kind of mentioned several times. Some, some processes will, will lean more towards um, a coarse grind or a finer grind. It really just depends. But when you're, when you're in that space already, like, let's say 
for um, French press, most of the time it's, it's coarse. And if you happen to have like a grinder, a nice one that you have some control over the size of the, of the grounds, then it's, you know, it's really fine tuning. But if you're in the, let's say the general area of what you need for that specific process, it'll work out fine. So maybe don't worry too much about it. Um, and if you, if you don't want to be burdened with a grinder, you can get your coffee beans ground at the store. So let's say if you go to Costco and I wouldn't recommend this, I don't know if, if anyone really does this. I, I don't, <laughs> but you can get like a large bag, like a three pound bag. Um, and then there's a grinder that you can use near the, the registers and you can grind to a specific size, which, you know, that's one really easy way of grinding some decent coffee beans um, and not have to own a grinder yourself at home. And also there's um, pre-ground coffee. You can get maybe one of the more popular ones that some folks have seen would be like Lavazza, um, Illy, I think, and several others. They, they do have pre-ground coffee. So there's that option. Um, of course, you, you won't have control. They're probably more coarse ground than they are fine. So you, you need to use them for, let's say, more common methods like drip or maybe even French press. But there, there are options out there if you don't want to deal with having a grinder. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's that's what I was going to say, right? You by not getting a grinder, you kind of lose that that flexibility that you have when you have a grinder and use the same type of beans for different applications. Uh so if you have, you know, most providers will generally just go medium or something like that, which limits your your options when it comes to what you can use that coffee for. Um the other thing I was going to say is the only thing with grind size is make sure you know what grind size you need for for what you're going to be brewing. Don't try to make espresso with with medium uh, ground coffee. I, I know we haven't talked about espresso, but uh, you know that that's one thing. You know you need really fine grind for for that. Or don't try to make French press with a fine grind because you're going to get a bunch of silt in your in your coffee. So just just a few pointers there. Just just kind of know what limitations you have when you're buying something pre-ground or where you're grinding at a large scale. And then just know that you are going to lose some of the freshness of the bean when you grind ahead of time. The idea is grind right before you brew. That gives you the best uh, aroma and, and, and flavors. Otherwise, you know, coffee kind of tends to lose all that pretty quickly. Um, also, another pointer is uh, because you don't know what kind of coffee people have run through those coffee. Uh, store grinders that you might want to take some of the coffee that you have and then just run it and discard it just to kind of if you will clean out the the, the previous runs especially if you know if you're buying a pure coffee and somebody ran like a vanilla hazelnut coffee or whatever you know it's gonna mess up your your last few cups or the first few bit of coffee that's gonna come out so just i would say just run a little bit of coffee discard that and then grind the rest and put it in the in the bag i'm i'm not for wasting coffee so i'm i don't necessarily like that which is why i have my own grinder but it's an option if you don't want to have your own grinder right you can still save a little bit more money and just buy the the other devices yeah that's a really great great point about um you know maybe running a little bit of the coffee through there because you don't know what was there before you or before you make your grounds all right so the other thing that some people may be wondering is why haven't we covered other things? So I know we've shared pictures of like the Chemex in our Instagram. And for example, there's the, the pour over is another really popular method and we can't leave out espresso, right? People, uh, love espresso is one of the, the, uh, the cornerstones of many coffee chains or many coffee cafes around the city. Why haven't we covered those? 
Um, well, so I, I, when we last talked, the the whole goal was a a series for beginners, and while they're not necessarily super complex, um, they they do require perhaps a little more technique than something that we've covered so far. So that was our goal: is you know focusing on more, let's say, simple processes or brewing methods. But we are considering a, another series that might cover the more complex ones. So that's probably what we'll put to those is espresso or Chemex or, or something along those lines. Yeah, I mean, I, I have a Chemex and you have a pour over, right? And maybe you don't have to do this if you want to do it on a daily basis. But most people, when when they use Chemex, they, they'll, they'll weigh the, the coffee beans, they'll weigh how much water is going into the coffee beans. It's a very dialed in process. You want to put a specific temperature of the water in there. And I, I guess some people even do that for the AeroPress. But I, I personally have found out that I can get a pretty consistent cup of coffee without doing all those extra steps just on a daily basis, right? The same, the same applies to pour over. Uh, and then espresso is a different animal. You need, you need the right kind of equipment. You need a pretty good grinder so that you can get a consistently ground uh, coffee bean. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be, it's going to introduce a lot of variables to your, to you pulling a shot. So, uh, I, I think that's a little bit more advanced. And if you're getting just into coffee, it's actually going to probably put you off if you have to do all these yep. things because now it becomes a big experiment that you have to do every single morning if you're trying to drink that every day, right? So you, th that was kind of our approach here. We're going for something that's quick, easy, and and really as effortless as possible so that you can reap the rewards of, of your effort and then we'll get into the more uh, complex stuff. Yeah. That's a really great point, though. The the espresso machines, especially. So if maybe you might splurge uh, as you're getting into it, and you you buy yourself a decent espresso machine, I would say that would be around like somewhere in the hundred range or a bit more. Um, and if you haven't had a lot of practice with it or haven't really done much research on what you'll need to do to really get a decent shot out of those, um, I I agree it would probably turn you off because um, one one thing that happened to me relatively often early on when I first got my espresso machine is that my grounds were too coarse and I, I just wasn't getting a shot of coffee that I felt like I would have considered good. And I, I can't really think back too well because that was a while back now um, on what maybe I was doing wrong. But I would I would think just off the top of my head, the uh, that coarse grind um, and maybe the, the temperature of the water was just giving me an under extracted shot. So it was coming off much more acidic than what I would have wanted. Um, so yeah, that's a, a great point about maybe being prepared <laughs> to get into the more complex stuff. Otherwise you're not going to enjoy it. Yeah, man. My, my first espresso machine was a $150 espresso machine that I got through our rewards program at work. What, while not necessarily bad because they use the pressurized basket, which we'll talk about that in a different episode, that, that actually gives you some forgiveness if you use inconsistent grind sizes. I wasn't pulling great shots. And, you know, if you're expecting something like what you're used to at the coffee chains and all that kind of stuff, you're going to be disappointed and it's going to frustrate you that you're not, you're not getting the right thing. Or if you're looking at latte art pictures and you don't have a good steam wand and you're trying to steam your milk and, you know, it's not coming out the right way, that's going to frustrate you too. And that's how I felt until I got a, a better espresso machine, right? And I'm nowhere near where I want to be. Um, Actually, we're going to talk about that one in, in our next episode, so I don't want to step all over it. 
Yeah. It's funny how the, the latte art has driven us to, to want to do better at, at making coffee and lattes in general. So absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's, that's been a big one. So what other uh, snippets of information or advice can we give the listeners as we wrap up the series and move on to, to the more complex stuff? For me, one, one piece of advice that I, or at least one thing that I did that I, I guess helped me get into coffee some more. Um, and I guess it would be advice here is that trying coffee with other foods or trying different kinds of coffee. So, you know, not going into a coffee shop and being intimidated by all these crazy things that are on their list. Um, it, it's helpful to be a little bit adventurous because then you might find a drink that one that you're surprised by and that you really enjoy, but something that you enjoy so much that you're willing to try to make it at home. And that kind of drives you to, to be better or try to be better or make better coffee. And one of the things that drove me is more like dessert type drinks or having coffee with desserts because there's some that just pair really well. Yeah. So the dessert thing is, is really interesting because if you, if you go to a coffee shop, they're typically going to have pastries or desserts of some kind. And I think they're kind of complementary to each other. Um, having desserts with, with your coffee or having coffee with your dessert, depending on, on where you go. And we'll get to that in a, in a different episode. I, that, that's a, that's a good discussion that Christian and I have liked to have in the, in the past. Um, yeah. But. That can help you try maybe stronger things. So, for example, if you if you typically like milkier drinks, but you're having it with something that's already sweet or sorry, if you like to have sweeter drinks, but you're having some dessert with it, maybe you can balance it out by having something a little stronger and less sweet uh, than um, than what you typically have. Sorry, I'm, I'm getting all trampled up here. Um so, for example, if you typically like caramel macchiatos, for example, it's a very sweet drink. Uh, you can maybe step step it down to a cappuccino, which is a lot stronger espresso, less milk, and then you can have a pastry with it. And that's going to be a very nice complement to each other. The other thing is there's also desserts that are based with coffee, right? Like the affogato, mm -hmm. uh, which is essentially a scoop of ice cream or a couple of scoops of ice cream with a shot of espresso right on top. And that is actually one of the best desserts there are out there. Have you ever had one? Yeah. So uh, the first time I had an affogato was at Blacksmith, right? So in kind of the, what would we call that midtown-ish area of, of Houston. Um, I thought it was great. And I think the the combination of the relatively sweet kind of ice cream with the uh, the espresso was just a really good combination that I, I found, I, you know, I, I should probably not have it as often as I do, <laughs> but it's, it's pretty good. So, yeah, man, I actually didn't know that, uh, that blacksmith has an affogato and we were actually just there last week and I missed out on that opportunity. But the other place that has a really good affogato that I really recently found out about is Slowpokes. Um, oh. so they have maybe a, a few different locations around the city, but I, I went to one and it, it was great. And they, they top it with like chocolate covered espresso beans. It was just delightful. It was, it was amazing. What else is there that we wanted to wrap up with for this episode, Jose? All right. So I guess before we move on, uh, I'm glad you mentioned not being intimidated because when you go to a coffee shop, they throw a lot of like fancy words at you and they, you know, there's a lot of Italian terms that aren't really descriptive. Like, you know, a cortado cappuccino, flat white, flat white is not Italian, but, uh, you know, cortado cappuccino, flat white uh, latte. What is the difference between all those? Um, now, we will probably get into that at some point. Uh, 
but you know just try different things uh but so, some will be strong and like i mentioned in i think our first intro episode once i got a macchiato which was completely different than what i expected it was really strong and it just opened up my eyes to oh this is this is what it's actually supposed to be like the traditional style macchiato uh so that that would be one of my recommendations right just try different things don't let the the fancy words drive you away yeah i think it's maybe a a sign of a a good coffee shop when they're willing to educate their their customers on the drinks so if you you feel at least somewhat intimidated or you're at least curious and you want to ask about a drink hey what's in this thing and they provide you you know relatively detailed description hopefully concise because you might be in a line um if they do that then i would say that's a good sign for a good coffee shop and you find a great place to to do this do some personal exploration of, of trying all these different drinks not not on the same day obviously but maybe you can come back a few times that could also help help build rapport and they might be willing to share more information as you as you continue to do that which i've been pretty lucky there have been some decent coffee shop owners or workers that have shared that knowledge with me over the years but i think that's a, a great point about you know don't be intimidated this is uh if you're really enjoying this journey and and you want to learn more about it, that's a great place to start. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, baristas love to talk about coffee, like you said. So if you go to Most. a place that, that's willing to talk about coffee and maybe maybe be open-minded and, 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 and educate you, you, you can definitely absorb a lot of that. It's like going to a bar, right? You make friends with the bartender and they'll they'll make you different drinks and they'll kind of get to know your taste and, and uh, teach you, you know, guide you along the way. Uh, but with that said, people will give you recommendations that you may not necessarily like, and you know don't don't feel compelled to like or or pretend to like what they like just because they like it and they they seem to have experience. Right? We have very different tastes. Uh, something that is going to become very apparent is that Christian and I have completely different tastes in coffee, and actually we'll talk about that in another episode that we're gonna do. But we've already kind of talked about it in a previous episode, right? Christian gravitates more toward the darker roasts. I go more toward the medium to light roast. And that's always evolving. So, you know, if I go to Christian and tell him, man, this this coffee is amazing. You should like it. You know, he and he doesn't really love it. He's going to feel like he has to tell me he likes it just because I love it so much. Or he's going to feel uh, like... Am I not doing this right? Am I not catching all these things that he's loving about this coffee? It's not really that, right? It's just you don't like that. It's not your cup of tea or not your cup of coffee in this case. Um, right. I guess I don't necessarily want to say stick to what you like, but just know that that's something you don't love and then try something else, right? Uh, and then you, you, you're you going to find different things here and there. And then over time, you may come back to that and say, yeah, you know, I like that now. So. Yeah, it, it has kind of helped, I would say, that you and I haven't liked everything, at least not to the same degree, right? Where we have these slight differences, and so we have these conversations about why we think this drink is the way it is, or that it suits me in this way more than, than you, and that has driven that, say, introspection or thinking about coffee. That, you know, we have other friends that we talk about coffee with, and same thing, we're we, we suggest things to each other. We, we go try them. 
So our friend Danny has suggested many things that I haven't liked <laughs> and I've, I've mentioned it to him and then we, we just have some fun discussion after that. So yeah, totally agree. Don't, don't go buy what, what others like, um, you know, give it a shot yourself, just as we've mentioned several times through this podcast, try it and see what you like. Um, and you, you might be surprised by some of the stuff that's out there. Yeah. And along the way, you know, uh, don't let people's attitudes toward coffee discourage you. Uh, you're going to run into some people who are very, very uh, square about how they like their coffee. And, uh, you know, they may be like, oh, no, you have to weigh every single bean and you have to be down to like the 0.01 grams. I'm kind of exaggerating here. Right. But if, if you don't really want to make a science experiment every morning and you're happy with what you're getting or or, you know, you're you're happy with with the quality of the coffee, don't don't feel like. Like you have to get to that level, right, of, of being super precise and super discerning with your flavors and all those kinds of things. That's, you know, that's that's a different level of co- coffee loving, uh, which is, is completely fine. Uh, just don't feel like that's that's what you need to do. And don't feel, don't let that put you off because not not everyone is that way and not everyone, you know, will will make you be that, that strict with your coffee. Yeah. So we're not all professionals. Uh, there, you know, there are folks out there who who are actually professionals and they, they do care about those details. You know, the amount of water that they're using and the exact grind size and, and all these other details that um, I, I would say aren't really necessary, if, especially if you're a beginner. Finding the, um, the right one for you, that's a great start, whatever that takes. Yep. Um, and I think the last one uh, would be to, to have coffee with people, uh, with, with a friend, right? Or a spouse or your significant other. Um, Christian and I, we, we talked about it on, on the first episode that it was a New Year's Eve tradition of ours uh, to go out to eat with our wives, the, the four of us. And then after dinner, we would go find a coffee shop nearby and we would go have coffee and talk for a couple of hours before heading home, you know, for New Year festivities. Um, but, you know, it, it's that, right? It, and we talked about it, the communal aspect of coffee uh, and and getting to share that with other people, uh, I think, compounds the experience. So, you know, if I was drinking coffee by myself all the time, it, it wouldn't be as fun. Yeah, huge help to have people that you can share the experience with. Um, so, of course, you, if you enjoy coffee, um, if you just so happen to be on a journey and you bring your friends along who eventually also start enjoying coffee to that same degree, that that is super cool. Or if you, you know, just have someone to talk to about it, not even um, in person. You could always have chats with folks online. There's going to be communities online that you can talk to as well about this. If you, if you can't find someone around you who's so ready <laughs> to, to jump into this, this coffee situation here. Um, but it does help whether it's in person and having the experiences with folks or just ch- talking about, you know, grinds or sorry, roasts or whatever from specific brands online as well, that, that can help too. Yeah, you know, I'm glad you mentioned online because now with the pandemic, people have kind of learned to meet online a lot more, right? And I've seen that there's virtual coffee tastings and all those kinds of things. Um, so that's also a good experience, right? If you want to share coffee experience with people who, who are as much into it as you are, or if you want to just learn from them and, and kind of like pick their brain a little bit, that's a that's a good way to, to get that going. Agreed. 
So I think I think that about wraps up everything we wanted to cover. I'm pretty sure we missed some stuff. So if you you think that there's anything we missed, feel free to drop us an email or send us a message on Instagram, and we'll be happy to respond. You know, we have a lot of suggestions from friends and, and listeners that we're eventually going to get to. Uh, but we just wanted to wrap up Beans for Beginners before we started doing that. So always feel free to communicate with us and, and we'll be more than happy to to see if we can delve into that. Uh, now for the next episode, this episode is airing uh, the weekend right before Thanksgiving. We're actually going to have a bonus episode that we're going to release on Thursday. Um, what happened was is my cousin from Guatemala sent me a little tin can of Geisha coffee from Guatemala. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that because that was uh, what we did is Christian came over to our house and uh, Christian, my wife and I sat down and tasted some coffee, some Geisha coffee, a couple of different ways. So that's kind of what it's going to be. That one's going to be more of a more raw uh, tasting and reaction to the coffee. I'll try to edit it so you don't hear all the slurping, but that's um that's what we have here. And then the other one is uh, for the next episode back in the series or back in the regular programming, uh, Christian recently got a fancier espresso machine. Uh, so I've been dying to ask him in the podcast how he's coming along, what he's experiencing with the espresso machine, how's the latte art coming. We, we just talked about that and kind of just share our experiences with learning to dial in our espresso yeah, the Geisha coffee that Jose and I tried with his wife had some very surprising elements that you guys will, will hear about in that bonus episode that we'll, we'll have on Thanksgiving. So hopefully you find that fun. Uh, we might do some more of that in the future because that was, that was fun for us as well. All right, so that wraps up Beans for Beginners. We hope you all enjoyed that series. Uh, and as we've mentioned several times throughout in the many episodes in this series, Keep trying, you know, try a few things that, that you feel like might work for you. If it doesn't work, go back to the drawing board uh, and don't be afraid to experiment. I'm sure you'll find a coffee drink that suits your taste and hopefully you find some friends to, to join you along in that journey as well. And aside from our Thanksgiving bonus episode, we will see you all back in our regular programming in two weeks.